Hey folks, this is Dr. Rob, and welcome to Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction, a podcast brought to you by Seeking Integrity Treatment Programs and hosted by me and my sidekick, Tammy. Say hi, Tammy. Hi, Dr. Rob. Thank you. Our show provides useful answers to your most asked questions about cheating, betrayal, and addiction. Let's get started. Okay, the first question is, how does a CSAT, so Certified Sex Addiction Therapist, determine healthy masturbation habits with an addict? Well, Tammy, you worked with that organization for a long time, and I bet you heard a lot of different presenters talk about this issue. So rather than me diving in, would you start? Yeah, no, I actually, like, regardless of a C, somebody who's qualified, and sometimes it's your sponsor is working, you know, with you on that. So, so you know, I... Uh, so let me, I'll back up and answer the a CSAT is a certified sex addiction therapist. They are trained specifically to work within this population. You know, I, I talk often to people who are, you know, well, I've got a therapist, but they're a general therapist. And I, I use the analogy of, I love my GP. He, you know, he's, he's really good. And for no, normal things, he's great. But when I have, you know, a certain situation, like if I have cancer, I'm going to the cancer specialist. You know, when I had sinus surgery, I went to the sinus surgery first. I go to the specialist who was trained to do this work. So, so getting the right help makes a world of difference. And so, so that's kind of the premise of, you know, here's what a CSAT does, but. Well, and, and oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, Tammy. No, no, no I was I'm say, sorry. But but not all of the CSATs use the tools that they've been trained with. So it's also discerning who is actually doing a really good job within the training. So I'll set it up like that. And then can you talk about how do you decide, you know, what would be healthy masturbation, if anything, you know, for someone? Well, I wanted to reinforce one thing you said is that, you know, um, with treatment centers, for example, people will say, oh, this place is amazing or that place is amazing. And, and the treatment center is only as amazing as the staff who work there. So I worked in, God, a bunch of them before I'd starting them. And there would be situations where you'd have an intern who was under supervision with me. They would hire someone who'd been, who was a recovering addict, but didn't have a license. It's just, um, it, it's not about the name. It's about who's doing the work. Um, and it always comes down to that because it's who we hire and who we oversee and how we train. And, you know, and I always believe just to say this, that your employees are your most important asset, but, uh, back to masturbation, but back to masturbation, <laughs> uh, sorry, how could I forget? Um, you know, I agree with Tammy that I think it takes someone who is involved in your life, who knows your program and your recovery and someone who is willing to tell you things that you don't want to hear. Because I can go to a trust up meeting and I can have everyone in the world say, oh, you, everyone could do this. No one has to do disclosure with their spouse. Of course, those are the ones who are the people they're talking to are the people who don't want to disclose to their spouses. So I can always find somebody to tell me whatever it is I want to hear. Um, if you have someone you trust, like a sponsor, like a therapist, someone who's able and willing to say, look, you're full of, you know, whatever, that's the best route because they know your history. In other words, I don't make decisions like this for myself, or I wouldn't even look through a book and say, oh, that's the right answer. I turn to the people who know me and know me well in recovery. And this is why we encourage 12-step groups or other support groups like the ones we have is you need other people as guides, you know? Uh, I can tell you how to buy an old car. I can. I'm pretty good at it, but I cannot tell you if I don't know how to do this, how to do this. Most therapists don't know how to say the word masturbation. I'm so sorry to say that. But anyway, I'll tell you a couple of things. I'll tell you what Dr. Patrick Carnes told me in the beginning. Years and years ago, someone asked, long before the internet and porn, someone asked, what is healthy masturbation? I'll never forget this. And he said, 
he said, you know, well, if you were to take someone out on a date, you know, you probably wouldn't invite them. And in. I mean, someone you wanted to get to know and spend time with and were interested. And you probably wouldn't invite them into your house, have sex with them and have them leave. I mean, maybe you do that for, you know, another reason. But if you want to get to know someone, you take them to dinner, you'd have a bite to eat, you spend time together. Then you might come back for some smooching, but you would have some kind of connection. And he said, masturbation is kind of like the same thing. You need to go out and have a bite to eat. You need to go to a movie. You need to take yourself for a walk, read a book, come home, light some candles, you know, make it something that's related to yourself rather than three minutes in the back room with some porn, you know? And so as a long time recovering person, that would be the answer that I would give you. It's not the answer I would give someone in early recovery. In early recovery, I would say, look at your history. If masturbation has been part of your porn problem, then take a couple of months and do neither one. And then say, I'd like to try masturbation if it's okay with my sponsor, my therapist. And then I get to masturbate without the porn a couple of times and then go back and report in. This is why you need those people. You know, after I masturbated once or twice, all I wanted to do was look at porn. Okay, then masturbation is not a good idea for you. You know, I masturbated once or twice. and I was back out there with my affair partner. Probably not fit for you. But if it's something that you find, you know, like alcohol, if you can do it occasionally and put it down, it's not a problem. It isn't for me to determine, and there is no rule. You know, Tammy, I think a lot of times people want the rule. In 90 days, is it going to be this? In a six months, and of course, I understand that, but that's like taking the checklist in vogue, you know, or cosmopolitan. Like, that's not real life. Everyone is different, everyone responds differently. Spouses want to hear, I want to know that he or she's never going to do that again. I, I, I doubt that. What I think is possible is that they can be completely honest. They can be completely forthcoming. They can be uh, involve you in their recovery and their struggle. Um, by the way, I'm going off in tangents, Tammy, but a little piece of this. For you spouses who say the following, if you do this again, I'm going to leave. Two things. Number one, be sure and prepared to leave if this person does that again, because once an addict knows that your word doesn't mean anything. But the other thing is that... Um, that it doesn't, why would I want to tell you anything about what I was struggling with if, I t if you told me that if I tell you this, uh, you're going to leave me? So it's a disincentive for me to be honest with you if you say I'm leaving, if this happens again, unless you really are going to leave. What you really want is for me to come to you and say, God, I really struggled last night. Such and such happened. I talked to my sponsor. I talked to my program. I'm letting you know this is what I'm doing about it. Um, and then it's not going to be good at home for a, a while. But most of you spouses will come to realize, I think, oh, let me see what's different here. All right, I'm getting the truth. And 99.9% .9 of what you guys want, you spouses, you just want to know the truth. There, that's my rant for the night, Tammy. I have I dropped something during that rant. Well, that's right what, okay, the, the, that was all really helpful. The only caveat I'm going to add to that is if you hear your, if you're the betrayed partner and your, your spouse goes to his and I'm using his and her, but it's just, you know, for convenience. Um, if he goes to his therapist and he says, my therapist said, and you have no validation other than what he says his therapist said, you know, that would be, that would be concerning to me. I would, I would want to hear what the, your therapist actually said. Um, unfortunately, because we lie addicts. Well, yeah, I was going to say, just kind of like what Dr. Rob was saying is like, I can go to somebody and, you know, oh, it's got no, you know, it's got no meaning to me. And like, no, I didn't go off into fantasy and no, I didn't, you know, so um, it, that would be the other piece of that. Now we've got lots of questions. So my essay had a number of physical, emotional affairs, porn, cyber sex, et cetera. He was abusive, gaslighting, et cetera, over many years. He also 
perpetrated a betrayal that was an addiction. It was a training type of activity, which he kept secret and spent hundreds of dollars, hours and thousands of dollars. This included in his uh, formal therapeutic disclosure as he recognized it was a huge betrayal and the same selfish behavior. He recently talked about that activity with someone who doesn't know about his essay and doesn't know the secret. Mm. I don't know what the question is. Um, um, I, I don't know. Um, I, will I, say I guess this, I don't know. Can, yeah. uh, is that co-occurring issues do happen. And if oh, we are intensity seekers. On, on, oh, continue. The secret nature and betrayal aspect. He was asked if it was worth it. And my husband said, yes, exclamation point. I now wonder what other betrayal activities were worth it to him, like his physical and emotional affairs. Can he really be making amends if he still thinks those activities were worth it? Mm. Okay, I lost, uh, I'm trying to find that. That one was down there. Two. It says continued at 506. It says anonymous attendee and continued oh, okay, at 506. Yes, yeah, I know. Uh, that's why I didn't think it was, so. Okay. You find it? Oh, there's a, yeah. Yeah. Keep them short, people. It helps because, like, yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so I'm having a little trouble with this. What I'm hearing is there was another compulsive behavior that's, and it was a betrayal because lots of money was spent on the spouse didn't know, and so now what I think happened is he or she went to talk to someone else about their problem with the compulsive behavior that cost a lot of money, but they didn't say anything about the sex part. And that's well, a betrayal to the spouse. Is am I getting? Well, back? you're really close. So you're you're right there. And then and then he he was like be, because it's taken out of context and it's just talking about this behavior. The other person, not knowing about how problematic it is, said, it, "Was it worth it?" And he oh. goes, "Yes." And now the betrayed partner is going, "Does he feel like that about oh. everything?" That was a bad move. Um. Well, I, 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 here's what I would suggest is you go back to him and say, let, so let me say this, um, addicts have some narcissistic traits and uh, they show up in all kinds of ways. Well, we don't want to look bad. And if someone, if we're bragging to say, oh, I did this and that, you know, and then do you, was it worth it? Of course it was worth it. In other words, I don't want to look bad. I'm not even thinking about how it might affect you, what I'm saying. I just want to say to this other person, I'm so cool. And so oftentimes we don't see the things that might hurt you. And I think you have to go, even though you think we would, I think you have to go back and say, I'm really wondering, since this was a betrayal to me, does, because what it makes me feel like is it was all fine because that wasn't fine. And you did hurt me and you told me it was a betrayal. And now you're going back on that. So it leaves me less trusting and angry. I think you have to, you know, I'm, this is a therapist talking. We're always sound better than it really comes out in real life. But nonetheless, I think it has, your discomfort needs to be shared with him exactly what happened and see what he says. You know, I would tell him, I don't trust, I trust you less now. You know, nothing wrong with saying that. Um, and I don't see, and we haven't heard Tam, I'm going to back up to the beginning. I didn't hear anything about therapists. Well, they had a formal a disclosure. disclosure, so I'm I'm yeah. assuming that there's qualified therapists in the mix of that. But and, okay. and hopefully you're getting support as a betrayed partner, you know, to talk about. But but yes, I mean, what I 
spread initially was the physical, emotional affairs, cyber, cyber abusive gaslighting, like so lots of problematic behaviors. So to me, it is a really unwell thought out move to go. Yeah, that was great, you know, and uh, you, you're not. So I'm also assuming, unfortunately, this is probably fairly early in the recovery, you know, you've had formal therapeutic disclosure. That wasn't five years ago, I bet. So I'm thinking it's fairly early. So I love what Dr. Rob said, you know, be honest and say that, you know, that was so hurtful when I hear this and it, it makes me, it erodes any trust that we were working on building. So now we got to start over. So you, I mentioned the out of the doghouse uh, work group that starts tomorrow. That's about rebuilding trust. That might be a really good fit for him to kind of learn how to be empathetic and, and have a little more clue instead of clueless. So, okay. Um, the next question is, what is the best way to help my wife deal with triggers that she has regarding my infidelity? Uh, well, I don't really have, we don't have quite enough information. We can give some general clues. What, what are you thinking? I'm thinking you do your work. You, you work on being a man of integrity, you work on not be doing the things that are triggering. You having the capacity, Dr. Eddie Capperucci does a great job with his webinars on talking about, you know, uh, holding the emotional space, being in the emotional discomfort. I mean, he lays out a plan for some of that stuff, but, but what, you know, what support does your wife have? You know, we've got all these betrayed partner groups. We've got a betrayed partner work group starting, you know, on June 8th. So if she's getting support and you're doing your work, you know, that, that helps, you know, now there's some specific things, you know, sometimes just for the triggers, if they're really highly activating, then, you know, doing a little trauma work, um, like EMDR on those specific things. Um, but, but here's my caveat with this, because I hear often, it's like, I want to focus on helping my wife and it just shifts the focus. And I'm not saying you're doing this. I'm just, it's a, it's a warning. Um, if, you know, if you're going, oh, I'm going to help her and you're not, you know, it takes the focus off you doing the harder work for you. Um, that, that can be counterproductive like, you know, you're, you're not showing up differently. You're just, you know, shifting the focus. So that's my thought. Okay. Well, I, I, I want to try to say this as briefly as I can. Now the questions are piling in fast and heavy. Yeah. So number Let's one, keep I them in the Q and A, please. And we, yeah, and we, you, you can lower your hands because we don't take any live um, questions on this. So if you're new, great. We love having you here. Keep them in the Q and A. We're going to do our best to to roll through them. Uh, short is good. So, uh, but we'll we're going to do our best. So I wanted to answer the question from Jay about dealing with triggers. I completely agree, Tammy. That. In fact, you know, we we run a treatment center called Seeking Integrity, and I always have guys there who are so focused on, they keep saying they're focused on themselves, but really they, but, but what, what happens when I go home? What is my wife going to say? And, what, and you know what these spouses hate is you're focusing on them. I can tell you the three things not to do. Don't tell your wife you're sorry. Don't tell her you apologize. Don't tell her oh, gee, I'm a sex addict and I didn't know it. And had I known it, I wouldn't have done these things to you. Just, just let her be and own your stuff. And th the reason that Tammy keeps talking about Out of the Doghouse is a book I wrote for men who've cheated because I know that after 20 years of work, 25 men don't know how to make up. Even non-addicts do not know how, do not understand the depth of pain that cheating has cost a, caused a woman, nor do they understand how to make it better. So I basically wrote this book, said, hey, if you want to, heal 
the harm you've caused through betrayal, you need to read this. And then they hate that book because it really does tell them what to do. And we, and I guess we're teaching a course in it. So anyway, um, the best way you can deal with it is stay out of the way. Uh, oh, by the way, there is one more thing. Do your work. Like in, in the, what Tammy did, put something on the fridge and say, this is what I'm doing Monday. This is what I'm doing Tuesday, at, you know, meetings, therapy. So your spouse can't see that you have a plan. What, last thing I'll say, none of your words matter. Nothing you say matters. What matters is what are you doing to reassure your spouse by your behavior that you have made a commitment to change? And that also includes that they're not saying to you, well, why haven't you gone there? Or what are you doing today? Or because they constantly see you coming up with honesty and honest behavior. Um, you earn your way back uh, out of those triggers. It's nothing you say, and it's nothing you can do with your spouse. You have to do your own work. There, I just repeated everything you said, Tammy. There you go. <laughs> Let's so the next one, I think this person has asked this question before. So I'm going to read it, but we'll... We've got lots of them. So um, been sober since December of 2020. Trickle disclosures has the CSAT attending my acting out behaviors of pornography and image addiction, no sex or anything like that outside of my marriage. And all the lies and deceits have come with that. I have read the books out of the doghouse and help her heal. And then my wife and I went through the divorce process and she had the courage. Yeah, I know this. I've seen this before. And she had the courage to step back into the relationship with me in October of last year during our lived away time, during most of that time, coming back together in and out of the house. Okay. This thing about a short yeah. question is clear. I know. Like, yeah, across. I know. That's, and, and this is, I know. I, this is but it doesn't before, matter because so. let's get, I'll tell so you right you now she is back in trauma and angry, which I have acknowledged in her anger. She says certain things. So basically this question is, do I have the right to set a boundary right. on things she can and cannot right. say to me when she is angry and may i make a suggestion tammy going forward yeah. i i just uh, a little bit about sort of therapy thinking i know the last three sentences are all we needed to know the rest of it right. is just this person needing to say what's going on with them but yes. the real question is simply uh sorry i have to go down five times to yeah so uh, it's the 505 uh-huh thank you the real question is um if my spouse gets angry and says things that feel abusive to me, and by the way, someone saying I'm angry might feel abusive to you, but I'm talking about things that are really hurtful or, or very direct and, you know, I, loud. Um, there is nothing wrong with setting a boundary. You know, um, we have all kinds of ways of doing that. You could um, make an agreement when things are going well about what you're going to do when things are going badly. Uh, I've said to my spouse, who can be uh, not always polite, that, you know, you can tell me I did something that happened the other day. Um, he came home, was in a bad mood, and he said, I can't believe you. Oh, I opened one of his FedEx packages. And he said, you know, those are private. They're important to me. It was nothing, but nonetheless. And I said, yeah, I'm really sorry. I shouldn't open that. And then he said something like, you know, people really don't like it when you open their stuff. And I was like, yep. And by, then there was a third one. And I said, you know. I'm sorry, and I did the wrong thing, but you don't have, need to come after me three times. You know, I'm willing to hear it. I'm willing to own my stuff. I, it, no one gets to call me names. No one gets to tell me I don't deserve to live. Nobody tells me I haven't loved my children. You know, things that are cruel. And I am certainly willing and open to say, you know what? I don't think I can hear that right now. I'm going to take a break. And we have all this stuff in the courses that talks about timeouts and how to escape difficult circumstances and how to um, come back and make sure the person doesn't think you've abandoned them. And there are all kinds of methods for doing this, but absolutely everyone gets the right to have a boundary. And I have heard sex addicts say, it's okay if he or she hits me because I deserve it. No, 
that's not true. You may feel like you deserve it, but it's not okay for anybody to hit you or question you're deserving to live. Um, Tammy, do you have some stuff? Well, I, 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 yeah, and we've talked about it in bunches of webinars too, the timeouts or, and not talking about it when you're all revved up. You know, when you're in, in anger is the wrong time to have a plan. Have a plan so that the next time, you know, things get heated, here's what we're going to do. So it's not, you know, abandoning or anything else. It's just, I'm going to step away. I'm going to go call my sponsor, you know, whatever it is, you know, we'll, I'll check back in in 20 minutes. Okay. It's, st it's still not ready. Okay. Well, you know, come back to it. But, um, but I often hear too, the, you know, I deserve it and, and we don't. And so I put in the, ch in the chat, uh, Gavin Sharp did a really good webinar um, on December 1st of last year on attic boundaries. And he said, we all need healthy boundaries. And I was like, that is so true. And so I would invite you both to watch that and have a discussion about it. But, but, you know, uh, her, her anger, I mean, that, that's, that can be the rage and anger are a powerful tool unto themselves. So what, what is she doing to work on her anger, you know, would be, um, you know, I, you said you have kids like that's, you know, what is she doing so that she isn't mirroring that for the family too? And um, okay. by the way, I know that some people feel, and I understand this, you've ruined my life. You, you've wrecked everything was important to me, but there isn't another side of that. And so I'm now a title entitled to hurt you. Um, if you want to hurt somebody, then you're hurting. Well, of course you're hurting yourself and you don't want to commit the same pain to someone else that they have caused you. And I'm not saying to, you know, turn the other cheek. There's a lot of work to do and a lot of feelings that you have, but to, to attack, um, not helpful for anybody. By the way, Tammy, I have to admit that my dog decided to sit at the bottom of the desk and now the dog is licking my ankle. And so I don't know why, but. He's like, so if I look like I'm grinning for some silly reason, it's because my dog is getting tickled. To, yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah. And this is for a sex addict. This is really quite, you know, innocent in a way. So anyway, go ahead. So the next question, smile. betrayed partner. My essay husband has a problem admitting fault. Um, that is so true. So um, he chooses to avoid, ignore, and not just not talk at all cost when angry. I got angry, expected him to accept my frustration, anger, and rectify the situation. Instead, he chose to give me the silent treatment. When um, promoted with a, or when prompted with a question to speak, he would not. He went by without a word. Eight hours later, went home, went home, wanted to apologize. The what for, although important, not needed for my question. Is it okay for me to accept? Oh, I think this, to, oh yeah, it's continued to apologize for giving me the silent treatment. I find it abusive, punishing, gas lighting in a way. What do you think? Okay. Is the silent treatment okay? So um, if I've hurt you, it's my responsibility to try to make it good. And so part of, and uh, being in the doghouse means I'm not in the house with you. I'm out back. And if I want to be out back because I've hurt you or my family, I have to earn my way back. And if earning my way back means doing a disclosure, why would I not want to do that? Because my goal is to make you feel better and to be back as a part of our family. So what this person is arguing Wait, against, you're, 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 you're on my the essay husband the doesn't one. want to provide disclosure. No, the we're on isn't. the betrayed partner. My essay oh. husband has a problem admitting fault and the, oh, that the one. silent Sorry. treatment. And then it's my continued. Bad. Yeah. No, it's okay. No, it's the continuous part. I know it's that. challenging. So, um, 
So, um, but we'll get to the disclosure. Yeah, one it's now. really so. Uh, well, it's the same question, you know. Um, it really is the same question, which is um, if he wants to ignore and not talk and you know not want to deal with your anger, then he's pushing you away. I mean, it's really the same to me. Sorry, I don't mean to be right here, but the issue of if his if his goal is to work things out with you and make you feel better and make this family or relationship whole, um, then to say to you, well, I don't want to hear about that and I don't want to talk about that and I don't want to, I mean, what, excuse my language, how has he or she earned the right to say to you, um, I don't want to hear about that, you know, or I don't want to talk about that. It, 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 it doesn't make sense if their goal is to get closer to you and work things out. So um, now if he's got emotional issues that mean when he's directly confronted, he shuts down and runs away, which I see here, that's a great thing to talk about in therapy provided when he's in a better place, like with the apology, he, you can say, you know, I think this is something that you need to work on or we need to work on in therapy um, because I don't know why he did it, but why he did it and what it was for him has nothing to do with the fact that you have every right to be respected. And what we talk about in some of the coursework is um, this whole timeout issue. Again, we're there, which is I can leave for a few minutes and say, I, I, I'm too hot. I can't deal with this. But I will come back within a certain amount of time ready to talk about it. And it's more like 45 minutes. So, you know, those are lessons that couples can learn in therapy. But this is not acceptable to answer the question. Well, yeah. And, and I'm thinking that this is a pattern because like you're really angry. This is not the first time he's done this. So, so can the two of you, when you're not in a heated moment, talk about what is the goal? You know, like if we're looking to have a better relationship, if we're looking to be connected in a real and meaningful way, then these patterns are not working for us. So, so if, you know, if, if he really is, um, if he's in recovery, like he, you know, he's not just abstinent five minutes, then, you know, then it's time to start working with, you know, a couples therapist that can help you navigate this. And, and, um, but again, lots of free resources on our site. I can, you know, I can point you towards, um, specific webinars that are helpful that, you know, give you parameters, do these four things, you know, that can, can help you. The other thing is an apology, if it's just lip service from a, um, an addict who doesn't really get it, is going to feel like lip service from a, an addict that doesn't really get it. Starting to change those patterns, you know, to say, I am willing, like it's uncomfortable for me. You know, I get very frightened. I don't know what to do. And, but I'm willing to work on it and I'm going to try. That's the real apology. That's, that's how we change. Right. Okay, now you can answer the, my essay husband doesn't want to provide a disclosure and his therapist isn't pushing. I want to know who's saying it. Actually, I'd like you pushing. to start that because okay. it doesn't say anything about this. The person has training in this area. So correct. And yeah, this leaves me emotionally abandoned. Additionally, he says he can't heal while being married from your experience. What, what, while what would he say? Why would he say this? I guess that's why. It's 511. No. Uh, oh. Where are we? Give me a it's time. It's a 505 yeah. anonymous attendee. My SA husband does not want to provide a disclosure. And so I'm right. curious if his, if his therapist is a CSAT trained therapist and actually gets this. Um, your, and if you're only hearing oh. from your SA husband that his therapist isn't, you know, isn't really setting a date, I would be, I would be wondering, and I would ask for a, a, 
you know, a session with your hopefully CSAT trained therapist uh, with your husband. He says he can't heal while being married. That's totally like, that's such a, an excuse. Like he, like he's going to magically heal if he's divorced. I mean, that makes well, no sense. Go ahead. To me, I, I smell more. I'm so sorry. I, I do smell too. Yeah. What comes up to me, I smell a girlfriend. I don't know why, oh. but you know, can't heal while being married. Doesn't want to give the information. So, um, you know, and by the way, you, Tammy says this all the time. You don't know whether, what that therapist said. Maybe they are pushing him. And he says, no. I mean, just because as we come back from therapy and believe me, if we don't want you to hear something, we don't tell you. So um, I don't know what's really going on under his therapy. But um, this, first of all, I want to validate your feelings. Absolutely. I, I think you should, you're dead on. I'm just very concerned about what's going on here that you don't know about. Um, now, I can understand. I don't want to do disclosure because you're already upset and it's going to upset you more. I completely get that. And um, and that's someone who doesn't really understand what it will do in the long term, but he's not saying that he's just sort of saying, I don't want to. And, you know, people, oh, can I say this people in hell want ice water? I mean, if he wants to stay in your relationship, he's going to have to step up, um, unless you are, this is okay with you. And I would ask you that I ask spouses every time, if this is okay with you, not getting disclosure and just sort of having this move on, you know, no one's going to blame you. You might end up back here, but no one is going to blame you. Um, yeah. Well, see, the, like, I, 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 w I want to switch. What support are you getting for you? Cause I hear you mm -hmm. feeling emotionally abandoned by your husband. He clearly can't be trusted. He's giving you all kinds of information, you know, like, well, what I'm reading if in this very short thing is, um, he doesn't want to do the disclosure and he can't heal while he's married to you. So, so he wants to, it sounds like leave the relationship, not have to deal with the disclosure and be on his merry way. So I'm with Dr. Rob. I, you know, I think that there's a lot more going on. So what support are you getting for you? So regardless of what he's doing or not doing that you, you know, that you have the support you need to be able to be okay and not feel so emotionally abandoned, but it's, that's a tough one. So, but it's data, like pay attention to the data. So. Thank you for listening to this episode of Overcoming Betrayal and Addiction. If our words have led you to seek help, please reach out. You can always find us at www.seekingintegrity.com.